Chapter Forty of Peter Simple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elaine Conway, England. Peter Simple by Frederick Marriott. Chapter Forty o'brien and myself take a step each parry passu a family reunion productive of anything but unity my uncle not always the best friend a few days afterwards i left my card with my address with the first lord and the next day received a letter from his secretary which to my delight informed me that my commission had been made out some days before i hardly need say that i hastened to take it up and when paying my fee to the clerk i ventured at a hazard to inquire whether he knew the address of lieutenant o'brien no replied he i wish to find it out for he has this day been promoted to the rank of commander i almost leapt with joy when i heard this good news i gave o'brien's address to the clerk hastened away with my invaluable piece of parchment in my hand and set off immediately for my father's house but i was met with sorrow my mother had been taken severely ill and i found the house in commotion doctors and apothecaries and nurses running to and fro my father in a state of excitement and my dear sister in tears spasm succeeded spasm and although every remedy was applied the next evening she breathed her last i will not attempt to describe the grief of my father who appeared to feel remorse at his late unkind treatment of her my sister and myself these scenes must be imagined by those who have suffered under similar bereavements i exerted myself to console my poor sister who appeared to cling to me as to her only support and after the funeral was over we recovered our tranquillity although the mourning was still deeper in our hearts than in our outward dress i had written to o'brien to announce this mournful intelligence and like a true friend he immediately made his appearance to console me o'brien had received the letter from the admiralty acquainting him with his promotion and two days after he arrived went to take up his commission i told him frankly by what means he had obtained it and he again concluded his thanks by reference to the mistake of the former supposition that of my being the fool of the family by the powers it would be well for any man if he had a few such foolish friends about him continued he but i won't blarney you peter you know what my opinion always has been so we'll say no more about it when he came back we had a long consultation as to the best method of proceeding to obtain employment for o'brien was anxious to be again afloat and so was i i regretted parting with my sister but my father was so morose and ill-tempered that i had no pleasure at home except in her company indeed my sister was of opinion that it would be better if i were away as my father's misanthropy now unchecked by my mother appeared to have increased 
and he seemed to view me with positive dislike it was therefore agreed unanimously between my sister and me and o'brien who was always of our counsels that it would be advisable that i should be again afloat i can manage him much better when alone peter i shall have nothing to occupy me and me away from him as your presence does now and painful as it is to part with you my duty to my father and my wish for your advancement induce me to request that you will if possible find some means of obtaining employment spoken like a hero as ye are miss ellen notwithstanding your pretty face and soft eyes said o'brien and now peter for the means to bring it about if i can get a ship there is no fear for you as i shall choose you for my lieutenant but how is that to be managed do you think that you can come over the old gentleman at eagle park at all events i'll try replied i i can be but floored o'brien accordingly the next day i set off for my grandfather's and was put down at the lodge at the usual hour about eleven o'clock i walked up the avenue and knocked at the door when it was opened i perceived a hesitation among the servants and a constrained air which i did not like i inquired after lord privilege the answer was that he was pretty well but did not see anybody is my uncle here said i yes sir replied the servant with a significant look and all his family are here too are you sure that i cannot see my grandfather said i laying a stress upon the word i will tell him that you are here sir replied the man but even that is against orders i had never seen my uncle since i was a child and could not even recollect him my cousins or my aunt i had never met with in a minute an answer was brought requesting that i would walk into the library when i was ushered in i found myself in the presence of lord privilege who sat in his usual place and a tall gentleman whom i knew at once to be my uncle from his likeness to my father here is the young gentleman my lord said my uncle looking at me sternly hey what oh i recollect well child so you've been behaving very ill sorry to hear it good-bye behaving ill my lord replied i i am not aware of having so done reports are certainly very much against you nephew observed my uncle dryly some one has told your grandfather what has much displeased him i know nothing about it myself then some rascal has slandered me sir replied i my uncle started at the word rascal and then recovering himself replied well nephew what is it that you require of lord privilege for i presume this visit is not without a cause sir replied i my visit to lord privilege was first to thank him for having procured me my commission as lieutenant and to request the favour that he would obtain my active employment which a line from him will effect immediately i was not aware nephew that you had been made lieutenant but i agree with you that the more you are at sea the better 
his lordship shall sign the letter sit down shall i write it sir said i to my uncle i know what to say yes and bring it to me when it is written i felt convinced that the only reason which induced my uncle to obtain me employment was the idea that i should be better out of the way and that there was more risk at sea than on shore i took a sheet of paper and wrote as follows my lord may i request that your lordship will be pleased to appoint the bearer of to a ship as soon as convenient as i wish him to be actively employed i am my lord etc etc why not mention your name it is of no consequence replied i as it will be delivered in person and that will ensure my speedy appointment the letter was placed before his lordship for signature it was with some difficulty that he was made to understand that he was to sign it the old gentleman appeared much more imbecile than when i last saw him i thanked him folded up the letter and put it in my pocket at last he looked at me and a sudden flash of recollection appeared to come across his mind well child so you escaped from the french prison hey and how's your friend what is his name eh o'brien my lord o'brien cried my uncle he is your friend then sir i presume it is you am indebted for all the inquiries and reports which are so industriously circulated in ireland the tampering with my servants and other impertinences i did not choose to deny the truth although i was a little fluttered by the sudden manner in which it came to light i replied i never tamper with any people's servants sir no said he but you employ others to do so i discovered the whole of your proceedings after the scandal left for england if you apply the word scandal to captain o'brien sir in his name i contradict it as you please sir replied my uncle in a passion but you will oblige me by quitting this house immediately and expect nothing more either from the present or the future lord privilege except that retaliation which your infamous conduct has deserved i felt much irritated and replied very sharply from the present lord privilege i certainly expect nothing more neither do i from his successor but after your death uncle i expect that the person who succeeds to the title will do all he can for your humble servant i wish you a good morning uncle my uncle's eyes flashed fire as i finished my speech which indeed was a very bold and a very foolish one too as it afterwards proved i hastened out of the room not only from the fear of being turned out of the house before all the servants but also from the dread that my letter to the first lord might be taken from me by force but i never shall forget the scowl of vengeance which crossed my uncle's brows as i turned round and looked at him as i shut the door i find my way out without the assistance of the servants and hastened home as fast as i could o'brien said i on my return there is no time to be lost the sooner you hasten to town with this letter of introduction the better it will be for depend upon it my uncle will do me all the harm that he can i then repeated to him all that had passed 
and it was agreed that o'brien should take the letter which having reference to the bearer would do as well for him as for me and if o'brien obtained an on appointment i was sure not only of being one of his lieutenants but also of sailing with a dear friend the next morning o'brien set off for london and fortunately saw the first lord the day after his arrival which was a levy day the first lord received the letter from o'brien and requested him to sit down he then read it inquired after his lordship asked whether his health was good etc o'brien replied that with the blessing of god his lordship might live many years that he had never heard him complain of ill-health or which was not false if not true i could not help observing to o'brien when he returned home and told me what had passed that i thought considering what he had expressed with respect to white lies and black lies that he had not latterly adhered to his own creed that's very true peter and i've thought of it myself but it is my creed nevertheless we all know what's right but we don't always follow it the fact is i begin to think that it is absolutely necessary to fight the world with its own weapons i spoke to father mcgrath on the subject and he replied that if any one by doing wrong necessitated another to do wrong to circumvent him that the first party was answerable not only for his own sin but also for the sin committed in self-defence but o'brien i do not fix my faith so implicitly upon father mcgrath and i do not much admire many of his directions no more do i peter when i think upon them but how am i to puzzle my head upon these points all i know is that when you are divided between your inclination and your duty it's mighty convenient to have a priest like father mcgrath to decide for you and to look after your soul into the bargain it occurred to me that i myself when finding fault with o'brien had in the instance of both the letters from lord privilege been also guilty of deceit i was therefore blaming him for the same fault committed by myself and i am afraid that i was too ready in consoling myself with father mcgrath's maxim that one might do evil that good might come but to return to o'brien's interview after some little conversation the first lord said captain o'brien i am always very ready to oblige lord privilege and the more so as his recommendation is of an officer of your merit in a day or two if you will call at the Admiralty, you will hear further o'brien wrote to us immediately and we waited with impatience for his next letter but instead of this letter he made his appearance on the third day and first hugging me in his arms he then came to my sister embraced her and skipped and danced about the room what is the matter o'brien said i while ellen retreated in confusion o'brien pulled a parchment out of his pocket here peter my dear peter now for honour and glory an eighteen-gun brig peter the rattlesnake captain o'brien west india station by the holy father my heart's bursting with joy and down he sank into an easy-chair 
ain't i almost beside myself inquired he after a short pause ellen thinks so i dare say replied i looking at my sister who stood in a corner of the room thinking o'brien was really out of his senses and still red with confusion o'brien who then called to mind what a slip of decorum he had been guilty of immediately rose and resuming his usual unsophisticated politeness as he walked up to my sister took her hand and said excuse me my dear miss ellen i must apologise for my rudeness but my delight was so great and my gratitude to your brother so intense that i am afraid that in my warmth i allowed the expressions of my feelings to extend to one so dear to him and so like him in person and in mind we only consider that you received the overflowings of a grateful heart towards your brother and for his sake pardon my indiscretion ellen smiled and held out her hand to o'brien who led her to the sofa where he all three sat down and o'brien commenced a more intelligible narrative of what had passed he had called on the day appointed and sent up his card the first lord could not see him but referred him to the private secretary who presented him with his commission to the rattlesnake eighteen gun brig the secretary smiled most graciously and told o'brien in confidence that he would proceed to the west india station as soon as his vessel was manned and ready for sea he inquired of o'brien whom he wished as his first lieutenant o'brien replied that he wished for me but as in all probability i should not be of sufficient standing be first lieutenant that the admiralty might appoint any other to the duty provided i joined the ship the secretary made a minute of o'brien's wish and requested him if he had a vacancy to spare as midshipman to allow him to send one on board to which o'brien willingly acceded shook hands with him and o'brien quitted the admiralty to hasten down to us with a pleasing intelligence and now said o'brien i have made up my mind how to proceed i shall first run down to plymouth and hoist my pennant then i shall ask for a fortnight's leave and go to ireland to see how they get on and what father mcgrath may be about so peter let's pass this evening as happily as we can for though you and i shall soon meet again yet it may be years or perhaps never that we three shall sit down on the same sofa as we do now ellen who was still nervous from the late death of her mother looked down and i perceived the tears start in her eyes at the remark of o'brien that perhaps we should never meet again and i did pass a happy evening my father dined out and did not interrupt us i had a dear sister on one side of me and a sincere friend on the other how few situations more enviable o'brien left us early the next morning and at breakfast time a letter was handed to my father it was from my uncle coldly communicating to him that lord privilege had died the night before very suddenly and informing him that the burial would take place on that day week 
and that the will would be opened immediately after the funeral my father handed the letter over to me without saying a word and sipped his tea with his teaspoon i cannot say that i felt very much on the occasion but i did feel because he had been kind to me at one time as to my father's feelings i could not or rather i should say i did not wish to analyse them as soon as he had finished his cup of tea he left the breakfast table and went into his study i then communicated the intelligence to my sister ellen my god said she after a pause putting her hand up to her eyes what a strange and natural state of society must we have arrived at when my father can thus receive the intelligence of a parent's death is it not dreadful it is my dearest girl replied i but every feeling has been sacrificed to worldly considerations and an empty name the younger sons have been neglected if not deserted virtue talent everything set at naught intrinsic value despised and the only claim to consideration admitted that have been the heir entail when all the ties of nature are cast loose by the parents can you be surprised if the children are no longer bound by them most truly you deserve that it is a detestable state of society i did not say detestable brother i said strange and unnatural had you said what i said ellen you would not have been wrong i would not for the title and wealth which it brings with the heartless isolated i may be neglected being that my grandfather was were it offered now i would not barter for it ellen's love ellen threw herself in my arms we then walked into the garden where we had a long conversation relative to our future wishes hopes and prospects End of chapter 40